the year is 2001. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. <laughs> I have to take that again. <laughs> you know how many times? You know how many times? Oh my I, gosh. This is the first thing I say on the show, and my voice breaks right at the start. I'm Zach. I'm not kidding. I do. It's like, I do. It's, like it's one about 142. Three to one in four, like, yeah. episodes. And I edit it out later because <laughs> it's embarrassing. It happens all the time. It's embarrassing. Oh, my God. So, welcome to My Marvelous Year, everyone. <laughs> Hello. I'm Dave, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. You've met the cast and crew no, already because we in. couldn't even make it through the intro. All right, I'm not leaving You have in. to you leave have it have in. To We're not going to do it again. Opening. That's the intro. Mm-mm. I mean, you don't have to do oh it. My the gosh. year is. Just, you You're that embarrassed going. about your inability to do the intro? It happens all the time. I'm not doing it. I'm not leaving it in. This is what I'm talking about, Charlotte. The cuts. The year is 2001. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. Sorry, (laughs) I'm Charlotte. (laughs) And this is my marvelous year. Welcome to My Marvelous Year, podcast reading club, where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today, and we've perfected an introduction to the show over the course of hundreds of episodes. Maybe a hundred something episodes? I don't think we're up to hundreds yet. No, we are. We just hit miles. We're, like, yeah, we're over two hundred. Yeah, we do. 50, we're over two hundred. Yeah, yeah. We're, okay. we're like at two twenty or something. Yeah. Listen, math is not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's what so counting not... is. Math. <laughs> <laughs> that's complex math. I am not going to perform that sort of thing, but I'm happy to hear it. Hundreds of episodes we have perfected an introduction. Again, I'm Dave, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today, I am joined by two individuals who I'm happy to be joined with. We got a, we got a great co-host here, and we got a very special guest. Our co-host, of course, is Charlotte Fierro. Now, I learned this week that uh, Charlotte is, in fact, the world's, not not just the biggest, but actually, the only member—nope, oh, scratch that. I'm getting, I'm getting a relay right now. She is in a club with Kurt Busiak as the world's only two members of the Carol and Marcus Ship Club. Charlotte, how's it going? <laughs> What's it been like running the Carol and Marcus Ship Club with Kurt? Um, listen, if you look at it from an other universe, like if you take Carol and Marcus from another universe, it works, <laughs> it works. <laughs> <laughs> Did you imagine? Oh, God, the person who's finally like, redemption <laughs> in 2001. They've been redemption waiting. Marcus. We're going <laughs> to talk. Fave. My time We're going to talk about good old Avengers 200 coming That's... back today in the pages of the Kang Dynasty. The, the, the influence for the next Avengers special in the MCU. And, of course, I'm joined by a very special guest today for 2001 Part 4, our very special guest today. I, this was a tough one. I had to find somebody who I knew was going to be really emotionally torn apart by a death in this week's episode. So I found the only person that I knew who actually shed uh, all of their tears this week about the death of Odin. It's Zach Dean. Zach, you've been crying for a week. Uh, how you doing? It's good. I know it's real this time. Uh, I know he will never come back. Um, and 
uh, I feel like the, the my only uh, <laughs> God, uh, my my only comfort is uh, beating up Norse guards gods in bars right now. Wow, Norse uh, guards too. Norse guards really having a time. Norse security yeah. guards in bars yeah it's kind of become your thing um <laughs> that's tough I mean, that's tough you know we do have to you know we're going to talk about the story of course obviously some spoilers follow for the comics we're covering today uh the death of odin is one of them um as we like to do anytime wow really really losing it back there <laughs> um we're we as we do anytime a character dies in the marvel universe knowing that it's permanent and will never be changed um you know we do have to send them off in traditional MMY style. So it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind, never knowing who to clang to when Thor's rain set in. So goodbye. I Odin. wish this was a visual yeah. medium so you could see how much <laughs> like my body and face like tensed up when you started doing <laughs> 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 just ultimate cringe. Um, I am, um, I just want to say I'm shocked that you didn't talk about. There's one thing that happened in these comics that I am blown away that you did not bring up, uh, and that is that you didn't. Call is it me. an abomination in a cloak teaching creative writing? Because that was my other favorite. That was like, the other possibility. Calling me like Dave Boy, maybe. Oh <laughs> no, that's lame. <laughs> that's lame. You think it's lame? Okay, well we can get into it because that. That's Dave amazing. Boy. I would never give you my name. That's I'm your successor. I'm Dave Boy. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, that, no, we do have to talk about that because it's actually shocking, I have to say. Like, that's that was maybe the biggest yeah. shock uh-huh. of this this entire reading. So today we read Thor. No, there's one other that's even more shocking. <laughs> there's a second thing that happens in these readings, in those Hulk comics, that is even more like, what are comic books? What is happening? A shocking a shocking episode then. Yeah. We're at Thor number yeah, yeah. 40 to 43, Avengers number 41, 42, and 47. We're going to talk about that jump. And a Patreon request. We read Incredible Hulk number 24 to 25. It says here, Zach, this was requested by patron Jacob C. One of the benefits, if you back us over on patreon.com slash this year, is for uh, at the $10 tier. So if you mm-hmm. pay $10 for one month, uh, you are able to request adding comics to the my marvelous year spreadsheet uh i don't even let zach do this right this is all me i own this if charlotte suggested something i would just add it no questions frankly but (laughs) (laughs) but otherwise uh patrons can influence the my marvelous year list for for readers to come for years to come and here's the thing people jump in all the time and they don't start where we are right they're not jumping up to catch up in the 2000s with us they're going back to the 60s baby they're going back to the start so if you change something on a list not change something but if you add something you're going to make a lot of people read that <laughs> for better or for worse <laughs> i mean it's really up like to you could be you know in the thousands of people who are going to read your stupid issue the, the thing is i keep worrying that someone's going to how dare you good picks jacob we'll get to that <laughs> no no it's it's great yeah, and i say your stupid issue as if like Patreons no 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 that's what i'm saying save us from the <laughs> Uh, once again, I will defend the patrons, and Zach will I mean, Once again, them. the patron choice is the best. Look, I, they're getting a little uppity, I think. I think our listeners need to, you know, know their place. But I, I do keep thinking, like, it's a lot of power. We're giving a lot of power to to people just for 10 bucks. You can throw in really whatever you want, and we will have to read it and talk about it. And it has yet to come. All that power. I think the All worst that thing that's been power. added. What would you do? I knew there was more coming. Okay. Right, we're good. I think the worst thing that's been added was like what 1990 
two or something or earlier the uh, the Excalibur stuff that <laughs> or clandestine maybe it's all been dusted. Uh, clan One... clandestine clandestine was was my least favorite. Yeah, that, that's say. true. But it actually made a ton of sense to add, especially because they came up in Miss Marvel. So I do not begrudge that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But uh, yeah, so far it's been great. Like almost everything we read is like, oh wow, that was really interesting, or like added something to it. So uh, people are including this week, mm-hmm. including yeah. this week. Including I appreciated week. it. Yep. Um, all right, cool. Let's dive in. Let's talk about some of these comics. Uh, again, you can back the show over at patreon.com slash this year. You can find all the comics that we read in the show notes. And, uh, of course, over on, if you just go to mymarvelousyear.com, you'll find a lot of what you're looking for. Let's start, let's start where I started. Let's start with Avengers. Okay. Uh, okay. This is an Avengers epic from a celebrated run, right? The Kurt Busiak written Avengers is considered by many to be, A, quite good, and B, a long-awaited rejuvenation of the franchise after the 90s, more or less, right? Um, that the franchise had really sunk low. Busiak came in with George Perez in particular. We are post-George Perez era here. We are entering an arc, I guess. It's an era, really. It's called the Kang Dynasty. It goes from issues 41 to, like, 56, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it basically takes us yeah. through the end of the Busiak written run. Now, originally, because the MCU declared summer 2022 that their next Avengers movies were going to be called the King Dynasty, uh, that it was like King Dynasty and Secret Wars, it was like, okay, this is a big deal, right? The story's going to get a lot of attention. It's going to get a lot of play. I'll just include all the issues, you know? It's going to be a big deal in the MCU. People are going to be curious. And I th- and I was also yeah. curious. I like I know I had <clears throat> scanned through it before, but I didn't know if I tried especially hard to really read the thing. Um, it turns out there's a pretty decent reason for that. <laughs> and uh, it's not worth reading every issue. So that's why I cut it up. Originally, I had 41 to 47. We're just going to read, like, you know, we're going to read it all to, in two-year chunks. And uh, and I, I chopped that up because not enough happens. Well, the thing about the Avengers Busiak run is a thing that is true for a lot of comics I'm realizing, especially in the Marvel Universe, great for folks that love the soap opera of hanging with their faves, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you love just hanging with your faves and being with the Avengers, it's a good time, you know? Interesting stuff is happening with these characters. There's a ton of dynamics between them. There's a lot of interactions. If you just like the Avengers going through Kang stuff together, there's plenty to sink your teeth into. If, though, you are looking for more, you are looking for something sort Quality, of more inventive uh, or interesting on its interest. own two feet. No, 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 I'm not going to be facetious <laughs> no, I about know, it. No, I I'm just teasing. But, I'm, but, there are, but it's really two modes of storytelling. And I think, Zach, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, I think this was your initial dissatisfaction with Claremont's X-Men. I think it's a very similar thing. Yeah, there's there's a real comparison between the two, I think. For sure. Yeah, yep. totally. You know, which is something that I'm I'm way more into. But I'm I'm often I, I often want to see what so many fans seem to see in the Busiak written Avengers, and I do not. And I think a, a revelation I had reading the King Dynasty is it's like, yeah, it's because I'm not that invested in just little chats between Carol and Steve. It's so funny that you're saying that. That's exactly what I was thinking reading this, where I was like, I feel like if you're into Avengers, like this, the juice is really worth the, worth the squeeze here for some people, <laughs> right? Like he, he's a very dense 
writer like and it reminds me just to claremont all like if this is your jam you can really like settle into these comics and there's just a lot yeah. here to chew on uh and if you're not it kind of feels like a little busy although uh, you know what i really like these so like i don't want to you know yeah um, i was gonna say i think despair about this too much Busiek yeah written avengers we've Me read too. so far yeah the yeah, issues yeah. now did you read the whole thing or did you just read the no. issues i picked <laughs> just the because the issues you... yeah yeah the issues oh, yeah, i, yeah, picked, read, I yeah, think yeah, are really yeah, good clear, yeah only yeah. 41 42 and 47 mm-hmm. yep. well, and specifically 41 and 42 yeah no i totally got, like these three issues are really good i like this yeah. a lot mm-hmm. um i my my dissatisfaction is actually more talking about the experience of reading yeah the whole thing uh so yeah. let's get into it all right so issues 41 and 42 uh, Kang shows up. He's got a big sword base above the earth. Oh Damocles my god! Station. Look, I was I, I here. I want to talk about my journey here, which was the first two pages. I think is Kang and another guy who kind of looks like Kang, who we later find out is his son Marcus. Goes by um, the Scarlet Centurion. Yeah, I like initially. Marcus better. <laughs> we can just call him Marcus. I like yeah, Kang the common. Conqueror and his son Marcus hanging out. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a little Dunish, right? Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, oh, yeah. here's Duncan. Here's Paul. God, I'm I'm reading a fantasy series by Robin Hobb right now, and it's all like Althea, Brayson, and Vetria. And there's all these characters with fantasy name, and then right in the middle of it, there's a guy named Kyle. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> um, yeah, they're chatting, and Busiak does something I hate, and he does this a lot. It really is annoying where he inserts a lot of like sci-fi proper nouns to make his world seem technical. Like he just talks about. I don't even want to. I don't. I don't know. He'll just mention like other alien universes and do like a little list of stuff, and it's annoying and it's boring. I mean, and Kang's doing some of that, and Kang's having this monologue about like what it takes to be a leader, and to be a leader, you must control the battlefield, but only if you have more forces than the other side. If not, you must route their forces. Whatever. It's it's really dull <laughs> stuff, like said with importance. And I was like, I'm. This sounds like a commentary from someone who has never led a battle before. Because it's, I it's went out. <laughs> and Zach, you this like, whole listen, this whole this Chicago suburb is battle. under my purview now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I like this Chicago I suburb was independent and now it's called Dave's Town. Well that's why <laughs> okay. you're a real king and I'm a real Marcus. because uh, I just don't get it. Um, that is a real slander to put on yourself. I, yeah. I feel <laughs> bad for you. To. Marcus is fine. Come on, that's the whole point of this comic. Marcus didn't mark hashtag. Marcus Stop did no trying wrong. to get into Charlotte's Club. It's very strict <laughs> membership. Anyway, I was like miserable in the first two or three pages here, and then Kang is like looking down at Earth, and he talks like you know we're in preparation, and then it does this splash page of his base is a giant sword pointing straight at Earth called Damocles Base, and I was like, ah, Busiak, you son of a bitch. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is, Hell yeah. You got me. You've this is pretty awesome. <laughs> um, Charlotte, yeah, what did you make of these op- of this opening of the King Dynasty? Uh, I th- I think there's a really cool idea in there, and I would need to read, to read the rest of the King Dynasty to see if it's played well with, but from what you're saying, I feel like maybe not. But like the idea that like playing into King as the time traveler villain... And like him going to to the present of the Avengers and saying, your future is like fifteen different apocalypses, uh, like and including stuff like that we've seen. There's like War of the Worlds, um, like mutant domination, like any kind of apocalypse, the Ragnarok, um, and saying like I can save you from all of these apocalypses, and in doing so, I'm gonna take over the world. And like the first part, I love. I think that's a really interesting motivation for for Kang. Yeah. And then the second part is just like, so I'm gonna like 
puts the whole world into a dictatorship uh, under my command. It's like, well, that's that's boring. You could be more original about it. <laughs> yeah, unleashing um, like, like alien, anonymous alien forces, and you know, just lots yeah. of excuses for big crowded battle scenes. It's kind of boring. Yeah. It does seem but, like a little subtlety, you know, would yeah. would be to King's benefit in terms of like, listen, you're facing all these apocalypses. Let me help you. Like that might be ironically easier not to accept. Weirdly enough. Uh, of of all the all, apocalypses, apocalypse yeah. is not among yeah, the one, them. Yeah, the one that think. we have seen takes over in an alternate universe. But yeah, which is a shame. Um, but you know, Kang Kang totally bypasses any subtlety there. He's like, no, like just I will be your dictator. <laughs> like not like he doesn't pull that card later. You know, where it's like, oh, of course he had a secret motivation. It's just straight up like, no, like listen, the only way out of this is yeah. let me lead. And I do actually really like you know he's like, here's what I'm gonna do. Right, I've seen this play out. I'm so confident. I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do, and you won't be able to stop it. That's a pretty cool move, you know. That's classic yeah. Larry Bird, you know. Hey, I'm going to dribble right. I'm going to shoot a three over your head, and you're not going to be able to stop me. And then just doing that to a defender, like that's so cool, <laughs> so macho. I love it. Um, I and he do. Shows, I love that. Like some Busiek callbacks are fun, trying to transpose like fun Silver Age stuff into a more modern context. So Kang showing up lounging on his jelly bean is is really fun just like hell yeah originally saw him. it looks stupid on marcus marcus does it and i'm like well, you look dumb boy but then kang shows up and i'm like well you know how to <laughs> you know how to wear that jelly bean it is one of those things it's like it takes a legacy and it takes confidence to lounge on a jelly bean the right way and not like here's like if jonathan and i tweeted this if jonathan major shows up lounging on a jelly bean in quantum mania I can't wait. Flipping, I'll lose it. I'll lose it. Five stars. <laughs> this is the best movie I've ever seen. If, uh, uh, who played Lex Luthor in the Snyder, the Snyder movie? Jesse Eisenberg. If Jesse Eisenberg showed up lounging on a jelly bean, I'm out. <laughs> I'm leaving the theater. It's not going to work, right? Like, it matters. It, it does matter, and Kang pulls it off every time. Marcus is dumb and silly. Sorry, Charlotte. Um, he can't lounge on a jelly bean. So, okay. <laughs> So Kang shows up, that's his plan. It basically then sets off, like like all these issues, everything we read and the build to 47, um, it's really all just like, you know, Kang's, Kang's invasion is happening. And the Avengers and the, you know, military operations of the world are trying to, to stop it, even though Kang has told them this is how it's going to play out, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's... It's it is a good concept. It's a really smart concept. I, I it basically takes the original Lee and Kirby Kang, and it just yeah. instead of stopping him immediately, it actually plays out like okay, what if he actually got to try this? Yeah, and I like that it's proposing kind of a new avenue for Kang because every time we've seen it, we've seen him basically since like the Lee Kirby days is like him doing um, time bureau stuff, like dealing with alternate versions of himself, the the console of uh, yeah. of cross time Kangs and and stuff like that, and like. That stuff can be fun, but then, like, he becomes his own villain in a way. Like, he, he has his own part of the universe where it's just all Kangs. And I like that here, like, uh, Busiek is streamlining that. Like, there's one Kang, and it's, like, Kang versus the Avengers. And, like, I actually really, really like the, his motivation of, or at least his motivation, his uh, play present motivation of uh, saving the world from, uh, from apocalypses because in making him a, an interesting Avengers villain. Because, like, he's kind of doing the Avengers job in their place, even, like, yeah. he's doing it in the Kang way and very uh, dictatorial way. But he's kind of doing the Avengers well, like, stopping the 
stopping the apocalypse, stopping the world from being uh, run over by apocalypses. And like that's, I think that's really interesting. And I, I don't know how much uh, Busiek plays with that in, uh, in later issues, but I think it works really well in making Kang a, an interesting Avengers villain and in streamlining him from like the weird uh, cross-time Kang's continuities of the, of the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the other interesting development is something Zach you alluded to, which is Kang is very art of war throughout yeah. this arc. Um, <laughs> but Busiak someone who's really... just read the first paragraph on the Wikipedia page of the Art of War. I mean, so you say, Mr. Art of War Master. Oh, Appar- I... Apparently you have your doctorate in I'm the Art of War. I'm always reading, doing a read-through of the Art of War, which is why... <laughs> that is makes, true. That is true. That's why it's so hard to get host. you to read comics. Mm-hmm. Because you're constantly like, what, I'm going to interrupt the Art of War? I think not. I, th- I say the nay. <laughs> it's all part um, of my larger plan. Okay, but what I'm getting at (laughs) is it makes that combined with some really ruthless, I guess, sort of like, like maybe our vision of like a Roman emperor, you know, sort of like machismo and uh, uh, just like no, no softness to the version of this character. He's incredibly misogynistic um, in the way that he's talking to and raising Marcus. It makes him actually more villainous in ways than we've quite seen before. You know, like like the sci-fi conception from Lee and Kirby, there's a there's a secret heart of empathy, you know, with his romance and a lost love and yes, he's this conqueror, but maybe there's more to him. I think with some of the time council stuff, you know, you get you get so many versions of him that it's just sort of like what even is he beyond just an excuse to have time travel stories. Um this is kind of a no, this guy stinks. <laughs> like, like this guy's awful. His views are terrible, and he has a ton of power. Um, so I think it does actually encourage, like, like yeah, there's a reason to stop him. Like, it's not, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't quite have the Doctor Doom thing where it's like, I don't know, he doesn't seem so bad <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah. right? And then you have to go way over the edge. Like, with Kang, there's really not that. Um, so I actually do think it's interesting characterization, making him less likable. Than he's been before. I think that's intentional. I don't know. I I never really got to do with that likable. I mean, he sometimes was motivated by like loving Kangella or whatever her name was, but uh... <laughs> not Kangella. It was Ravona. Okay, but my <laughs> you know. Ravona. I, I feel like with villains, love interest. Like that's a, re- that's a really long song. It's like five minutes. There's a there's like a fifty percent chance that the love interest name is just going to be the man's name with you know Ella or Ona at the end. What they're going to name somebody Lady Thor? Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! That would never happen. That they wouldn't. They're going to call it something much stupider somehow, <laughs> something much worse than Lady Thor. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, I guess so I Zach, don't care. You've about... never liked Kang, and this story didn't uh, didn't sway you one way. No. Other, this huh? this one. I, I guess it didn't sway me that much into being like Kang's cool now. But uh, I liked it. Like I liked I like Kang here. Like I think I liked him more here than we've seen before. Maybe because it wasn't getting too wrapped up in like time travel stuff, which often like sucks the stakes out of a story for me. Um, and uh, and I think it was just like I like the setup. You know, we haven't read anything except for the initial setup, and then one very weird issue with Marcus. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I should reserve judgment till we read like more of this but no it was good it was like it's a good setup uh you know i'm intrigued i liked it was a fun conceit to have that like visually to just go through and show all these different apocalypses like that's a fun yeah. trick um and we have alan so. davis doing it and alan davis is is very good yeah 
And, Wait, is uh, it? I, I thought it was... It uh, oh, no, yeah, yeah, right. I was thinking it was imminent, but that's Thor. All three of the comics we're reading today all feel still like, you know, we, we just covered New X-Men, we just covered uh, Ecstatics, um, and even Exiles to a degree, and, and then the Brian Michael Bendis Daredevil. The three comics we read today all feel like, hey, we're back in the 80s. Good 80s, yeah. but like... We're back yeah. in the 80s, or at least we're back, we're in comics that are, like, really beholden to, beholden to, yeah. like, silver and bronze age stuff, right? Like, this is, it's a lot of, this This could have happened in the 70s, maybe the 80s, like, Avengers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that much of a stretch to think of this story transposed there. Same with Thor. Incredible Hulk kind of needs uh, Peter David's stuff to work, but still feels kind of like a late 80s story. So, like, yeah, it's exciting, but, like, you know, it does feel like a step down from kind of the excitement of the stuff we've been reading, but enjoyable, I guess. I, I don't want to like all three of these are comics that I had a good time with, but also just kind of made me want to get back into the, like the big, like fully revving their engines comics um, that we've been covering. Yeah. 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 The whole Avengers verse. I mean, we've talked about this before, but yeah. it is so soundly comfort food. Yeah. Um, sure. well, or okay, so... more cynically, it's the old folks home <laughs> because it is just a callback. <laughs> yeah. So you we're know? gonna we're gonna finish Busiek next year, and then Brian Michael finish Bendis him. takes over, right? Uh, with after disassembled or something. Uh, that no, actually, there's the oh, Jeff Johns Jeff, era Jeff first. Johns. Uh, okay, we're not covering that. I'm, I'm seeing that on 2003. That's uh, that's just in the bonus round. But then, like, what's the? Because eventually, Avengers becomes halfway essential, right? Right. Uh, Avengers Avengers begins driving the universe starting in 2004. 2004. It becomes it becomes the center. Okay. of modern marvel yeah okay yeah with is that brian michael bendis takes that it is the brian the michael the best okay well i'm looking forward to that but you know what i'm also oh no i was gonna say i'm looking forward to next year where we finish this because like i like this enough that i'm curious to see the ending of this we are reading i think eight issues to wrap this up next year 2002 it's a smaller episode but it's i mean listen the... if if this year's was any indication <laughs> you know probably that'll probably that'll okay shaped a little bit good because i looked at avengers 48 the issue that immediately follows this and the front page says 100 page spectacular and it made me <laughs> want to not alive myself anymore <laughs> you know uh, at this point in our lives what would be the book that you want to see a 100-page spectacular? Oh, my God. Uh, Try to think of one where you're like, oh, good. A 100-page spectacular. Anybody. Any oof. options. <sighs> Has to be Marvel or DC. No no indies. Something right now, like in 2001? No, no, in 2023. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm not reading, I'm not reading anything current right Zach now. doesn't read comics. Charlotte, any I thoughts? I don't read anything. I, I mean... Like specifically a creative team on a title, or like just, huh? I mean, manga. I mean, I like, guess usually these hundred page things include yeah. they're like specials, so they include a variety of stories. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what you it know. Is, so, I mean, a hundred issues. Is a like, lot. like if X Men was like one hundred page Hellfire Gala special, eight pages from Jonathan Hickman and Pepe Larraz, you know? No, um, no lay out like the other ninety two the... pages, Dave. <laughs> What's that? The other 92 pages are blank, baby. White space. (laughs) The John Byrne Excellent design. (laughs) Oh, that's my answer. I want John Byrne's fan fiction X-Men comic. 100 more pages all at once. Oh, my goodness. 
burn, sorry, baby, sorry. burn. I feel like that's that's a way of doing kind of what ifs. I mean, I hate that it's playing into 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 Zach's answer, but like what if stuff <laughs> like the uh, what was the name of that uh, spiders spiders shadow? I think with, with, like that was probably about a hundred issues, uh, about a hundred pages, even like oh, like a graphic though, novel almost, like a novella. Yeah, stuff like that. Like I could see that, mm. but like a single issue as part of a run, a hundred uh, issues, like that's. I was I joking. Can't see I was that's joking about my it. John Byrne answer, but Charlotte, you did. Miller and Sienkiewicz Love and War might true. be yeah. close to like a one hundred pager. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, something Great. like that. But, yeah, if also... you if you position it like a graphic novella, I'm actually more interested yeah. than mm-hmm. this is an issue in the middle of a run, but this one is a hundred flipping pages. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't have an example of of times where that has worked. Uh, well, worked. The only example I can think of where a comic. Mm-hmm extends its length a ton and it's really good and thrilling is the black monday murders actually okay. we'll do that. we'll play with length in ways that are very fun um and yeah anyone yeah. can play with length in ways that are very fun you know do you do that's what they said you. i don't like yeah i don't like the <laughs> the way you said that i'm just trying to be encouraging zach um okay so all right so king Dynasty. uh we have to talk about issue number 47 um avengers oh, yeah. number 47 is the long okay so early in this arc the scarlet centurion comes down and he's talking to carol danvers and carol's like huh you're hot i know that voice her tongue clearly struck by this voice and you just immediately if you've read avengers number 200 you can feel what's coming i didn't were either of you surprised or yeah i didn't know i didn't know it was coming right away (laughs) she doesn't actually say it until later like it is no she's just like that face that voice i know that like that's all you didn't know, I I Zach. Guess. You were you were no, surprised. I did not. Yeah. Know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, because they kind of slow play it until number forty-seven, and then they just go in on. Oh yeah, this is Marcus, and he's going to have a long conversation with Carol. Now, for those of you who have not been playing Marvel this year from the beginning, um, who here would like to explain Marcus and Avengers number two? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they do. They do explain the whole thing. In case you haven't, they lay out everything that happened with the the kind of correct. Chris Claremont revised point of view of, you know, Carol was like lured into an alternate universe, the, this limbo verse by a man named Marcus who then manipulated her emotions and then impregnated her with himself so that uh-huh. she could give birth to him in the real world. I do like that this comic sets that up as like her thinking about and like revisiting this traumatic event and kind of properly framing it as like assault and trauma. And yep. then immediately cutting to, like, a nice shot of her ass. <laughs> like, yep. these comics are incredible. It's so wild that they can't get away from that or have any kind of awareness of that. Like, just talking about sexual assault and then still still kind of drawing some cheesecake at the same time. Like, even the cover of this is Carol and Marcus, and it's very cheesecakey. It is an ultimate um, example of, like, timing. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> being yeah, a problem and framing you know because i i would say like that's a collaboration failure right oh, i think yeah, sure. busiak understands mm-hmm. in writing this the perspective to give carol as the story's retold totally yeah it is not communicated whether this is the failure of busiak or editorial or the artist themselves what that should look like in the retelling right yeah um because there are other sequences where in the early 2000s especially, where if it's just Carol walking down the hall and it's Avengers business, they're going to do that shot. And you're not going to think as much of it. You know what I mean? not saying it's great because, you know, like... God, her costume right now is no good. 
don't, I don't like. Is Dusty. it not? What is it? Is it the classic? It's not the classic uh, original it's like, Captain Marvel. It's like a one piece kind of the classic bathing Ms. suit. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just the way it's drawn because um, he keeps going in for these real like lurid shot. Like she's in the middle of battle, and it will just like have she'll be jumping out of the way, and her legs will be absolutely spread. And you just get the tiny little strip of cloth <laughs> between her legs. It's very. Well, we like, should clarify. This is no longer Alan Davis, who I think is actually quite good at hero sexuality and balanced i guess especially i know a lot of x fans are really thirsty for his nightcrawler and like <laughs> captain britain yes. and excalibur yeah um so it's not so you know credit where it's due i think this might be is it joe bennett again we see joe bennett it's who joe bennett's uh i'm looking at the issue right now oh 47 it's... was an artist i'd never heard of i think yeah it's bob layton and manuel garcia okay <laughs> um so you know I think that's a that's a collaboration. Friggin' Bob, right? It happens, uh, <laughs> but it happens poorly here. Um, Charlotte, how badly did you need to see Marcus again and see the story revisited? I, I mean, I, I just like... want to say, Charlotte, before you answer, this is. I, I feel like this is a little bit of you getting to walk in my shoes, which is except you didn't even say this to begin with, but it just like you say the wrong thing one time and you are forever the person who hates chris claremont or you know <laughs> whatever it is <laughs> now you just have to live with this stain on you and now it's Wait, even when, worse when did i say that I no i know it's even worse for you because you didn't actually didn't say this say <laughs> i think i, I did. i'm okay. i'm fairly confident i made it up <laughs> yeah. let's be clear yeah 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 but you know what like we have to stick with it and eventually people will forget what if it's true if it's false and i don't think uh, that'll happen here i, I think, think our so. listeners are very smart i think they'll understand what's happening and I think some of them just they will not the be gaslit into believing that you only slandered Chris Claremont one time. <laughs> uh, I, I think <laughs> over I the course of I, several years, criticism once, and now it's like, oh, I'm the the Chris Claremont hater. No, I think I liked him more than you, actually. Wow, so defensive. Okay, Charlotte, that was, please that was very adorable. That note. This episode of My Marvelous Year is brought to you by Four Sigmatic Coffee. Four Sigmatic offers coffee ground whole bean, cold brew in pods, 100% Arabica beans plus functional mushrooms. Listen, I used to be very scared of mushrooms. Okay, I do not trust them. I do not, in my mind, think I like them. But it turns out over the past couple years, uh, one of my favorite pizzas has mushrooms all over it. It's just hidden beneath great Chicago flavored deep dish. And now Four Sigmatic Coffee is tricking me once again into thinking maybe mushrooms are all right. This mushroom coffee is quite good. I'm drinking some of the dark roast right now. It just tastes like coffee. It tastes like a good dark roast. It's really strong. The, uh, the idea here is you get the benefits of coffee and the caffeine boost, and this stuff has a kick, but fewer of the negative sort of dreaded aftermath of coffee things. I have been able to sleep better when I have this Four Sigmatic coffee stuff in the morning. True story. Uh, I have not, because I, you know, you get that too much caffeine going. Listen, I drink way too much coffee, you know, way too late in the day. And uh, and then you have a hard time sleeping. Uh, and, and this stuff, I have not had as much of a problem with that. But I have had that nice caffeine kick from the Four Sigmatic coffee. So if it sounds interesting to you, you can support my marvelous year and get some coffee for yourself by going to go.foursigmatic.com slash MMY. Our discount code is MMY, the initials in My Marvelous Year. You can subscribe and save, get 30% off with the custom podcast code. Again, MMY at go.forsigmatic.com. Um, yeah, so I I don't think there's like no way of doing a, a story that involves both Carol, Carol and Marcus like 
and revisiting revisiting that uh, Avengers two 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 hundred. Sorry, I think that's yeah, that's Avengers two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I feel like to to make that work, you would need first of all to have Carol be the actual protagonist, not only of the issue but of the comic, and like be focused on a like character examination of Carol and the trauma she's been through. And I I think this issue tries to be that, but it can't really succeed. Um, because it is part of like the big Kang stuff uh, event, like it's it kind of works as a as a tie-in issue to to an event, like where you focus on some secondary mm. characters that are involved in the in the main conflict. And I don't think that's the right uh, like framing for to actually tackle that uh, story in the way it, uh, it would need to. Because um, here, like the 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 idea that it's not the Marcus who made her go through all of that, it's like an alternate version of him. Because Marcus was the son of Immortus, and this is the son of Kang, which are like same character but different timelines, basically. Yeah. Um. So like he has the face of Marcus, his name of Marcus, but he hasn't done to her what Marcus did to her. Um. But like then by the end, it's like they they fight together against random bad guys, and by the end, it's like she she doesn't. See say anything really but he's like no i know you trust me but the, i mean i know you like me but you don't know why you like me and it's like wh- why would you like him at all like <laughs> well, he's, I guess trying, he's idea- trying to win her back over and like win her respect is the whole point but, yeah it? that's kind yeah. of the idea well he's also really attracted her let's yeah, not he's, pretend he's, he's not very taken with her and wants yeah. to like win her respect but uh, also the story trust. is very focused on him on like on, on what he wants and he he came coming into her story to the de- to the detriment of Carol as the protagonist, yeah. uh, which not good for, for what the story is talking about. And then like, yeah, the idea is like he's innocent of, of what of what the other Marcus did to her. And by the end, it's like, I respect that you won't be able to, to trust me. And but like you can always count of me and, and everything. It's like where what has this story done for the character of Carol? Like what? What yeah. was the point of this? Because I don't feel like that by the end of the comic, we are at a more interesting point than we were before. We yeah, just like retreaded the... all ground and made it almost worse. Like yeah, not that's worse, but like I I don't I don't think worse. Like I I don't I don't think this is even bad. I am mostly just mystified to like what what are you trying to do here? Like I don't why yes yeah, the why it, yeah. it's not even like offensive. I don't think it's offensive. I don't think it's I don't think this dredges it up and does like a bad job with it it's mostly just like why are you trying to reconcile carol with like a clone of her abuser yeah (laughs) like i guess if you wanted to do that this is an okay version of that right like she's distrustful she does not immediately oh wow this guy's actually great and i was wrong all along you know it's nothing like that like you know she's clearly upset and traumatized and does not really want much to do with the guy um but like why what's the it like, is that yeah, meme. I feel like the the very sci-fi superhero uh, idea of a clone of a person you knew uh, comes back into your life doesn't work with the very real trauma that like the character has gone through. Like guess, trying yeah. to to reconcile one with the other just doesn't work in completely. I mean, clashes. we get that. We do get that a fair amount, right? Some villain shows up and everyone's like, "Oh no, it's them! Get him!" And he's like, "No, wait, I'm not the one you know. Let me prove to you that I'm actually a good version of." you know, whoever. Um, but it still stays in full, like, superhero mode. Like, it yeah. doesn't... Well, that's what I'm saying. Tackle, like, like, I think that's what it's literal, doing. Literal rape. Right, exactly. I think that's just trying to do the sci-fi thing of, like, 
you know, yeah. here's Loki. Loki just showed up, but it's actually a Loki who's saying, I'm not the Loki you know. I'm a, you know, a replica from another universe and I want to help. And everyone just doesn't trust them. And it's about the team learning to trust Loki. Whatever. I think he's just trying to do that. Uh, but with I think it's where Busiek's of... comics brain kind of gets in the way. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it's sure. a brain I empathize with and I share. But, you know, I think in his brain, it's like, well, I'm doing a Kang story. And in Avengers history, I also want to write, you know, a lot of Carol Danvers stuff here. And, well, what's her connection to Kang? Well, Amortis, Marcus, right? And it's all like, okay, so that's the continuity that I'm pulling from, and that's the character I pull in. And in, it probably makes a lot of sense, but it is just that thing of, like, Avengers 200 does not... It was actually, like, reasonably well-resolved by the Claremont save. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it felt done. You know, like, nobody was dying f- yeah. 20 years later for, like, hey, we better address this again. Um, so it's kind of a, it's like, a, well, Marcus is here, so we have to address it. But it's like, yeah, but you put Marcus there. <laughs> you didn't have yeah. to You didn't have to do that. Um, the Scarlet Centurion could have been literally anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you and could have done to, any sort of thing with that. To, it, so it's an odd choice. Go ahead. Yeah, and to take a step back, like, I think the the comparison to Clement you just made what is interesting, and to take a step back on the whole Busek run in comparison to, to Clement, which we comparison we drew we drew earlier, is like Clement keeps adding new stuff and moving characters in new directions. And I feel like Busek is so focused on like what can I reference with this? Like what is the what is the past here? Uh, what yeah. has been already done uh, here that I can go back to? And like what is new in the Busek run? Like where what characters does he put in like new interesting directions? Like yeah. Yeah, I a, think the, big the instinct yeah. of being like, oh, Kang is here, so what has, when has Kel been involved with Kang in the past? I think that's, it's not necessarily a bad instinct, but on its own, it's never enough. And I think that's maybe a big part of where Busek's uh, Avengers run fails for me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's not particularly additive. That's that's really yeah. like, I mean, we got a guy named Triathlon here. Um, I don't know if he's brand new to the Avengers run. He's like one of the only new parts that I've noticed. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, it seems kind of minor league. And yeah, it's just like, you know, I, you do the comparison to Claremont where I'm like, if you're if you're into this, there's a lot going on here. But I think that does fall short when you think of like how much Claremont builds. Claremont is always building new and new and new and like building the world wider and wider in this. I don't know. Like, have we read much that builds up the event? I mean, I do wider? think we're like, we're skipping a lot of the issues. Sure. Uh, yeah. That but, that focus on triathlon or that focus on firestar and justice like there are players on the team there are characters i guess that get built out in ways that is new for them but do they have much of a legacy not that that's like you know a failing that he did i don't know that's that's if other people pick it up to me that doesn't necessarily say that was actually one of my favorite parts of like the character interactions behind the behind the the fightings is like triathlon i think in the first issue he read he's talking to jarvis and and he's like when i'm leaving the avengers like i'll probably be a someone who's never remembered like rage or any kind of other character that was on the avengers for 10 issues and then left and like he has kind of that internal crisis of being like I'm kind of no one on the team. Like I'm a I'm a new guy. Like I don't have 20 years of history. Like who will I be when I leave that team? And therefore, who am I on the team? Right. Am I needed? I think that's like an interesting character thing to explore. But I, I it's just one scene in the book. But I'd be interesting. I'd be interested in in seeing what um, Busiek does with Triathlon because it's it's like the one character I have no expectation for, and so I'm interested. Like he kind of has to put him in an in 
new direction because there's nothing to go back to with the character. Yeah. Yep. No, there's, I mean, there's stuff in the issues we don't read. Yeah. Um, that spends more time with those characters. But I mean, I think broadly, I, I totally agree with what both of you are saying. So we're going to continue with King Dynasty next year. Again, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll highlight, we'll cherry pick a little bit. There's, there is some interesting stuff. Like I, I yeah. remember distinctly yeah, yeah. there being some interesting <laughs> comics really coming. Down on this. Um, this is kind of I think, no, it's, I think it's, you know, the fact that we talked about it as long as we did. You know, I think means yeah, like it's something worth 40, chewing into. Forty minutes on the the Avengers issues. I know, I know, but it's uh, it's not uninteresting. I, I think yeah. for sure, and it has its uh, it has its like defenders and apologists. Like we have people in the Slack who are like who love BCX Avengers, and I I kind of get it. Like it's yeah. I I'm halfway there. It's not totally for me, but like I uh, I, I can see the appeal. I am there. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm. You know, it's like I said at the beginning of this. I am there for the curated approach totally with everyone but th- for the density of sinking into it i'm definitely not um, i'm closer to, uh, just i'm more in on it than i was on Ex- alan davis's excalibur which is you know another one that like people just love and i'm like ah i don't tremendous I don't fandom really feels one. a bit dense <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, a, that's yeah. an interesting comparison actually interesting comp okay so let's talk about thor number 40 to 43 we're jumping in right in the middle of a really the conclusion of a story here. Uh, this is the Dan Jurgens written run on Thor, which has been running since 1998. Uh, here we have Stuart Eimanen coming in on pencils with inks by Scott Koblish. Uh, this is the death of Odin story. Spoilers. Um, I think it's solid. I have basically all the same criticisms of this Thor run as what we just shared with the BCAC Avengers, yeah. except mm-hmm. I will say I definitely like the BCAC Avengers better. <laughs> Um, this one to me is too it is too steeped in thor established thor things i guess and one thing i realized reading this is i think i like thor the most when it's very cosmic a la the best kirby stuff from the late 60s or when it's really developing asgardian myth in ways that have not been done in the Marvelverse before, a la Tales of Asgard or um, the Simonson run. I think I like Thor the least when he's on Earth a lot, (laughs) doing Earth stuff. Uh, Those stories, I think, maybe are the least compelling to me. I don't know. There might be exceptions to that. But that was kind of what I was thinking with this story arc, which is all perfectly competent. I like Stuart Diamond in style a lot, actually. I feel like he Uh, hasn't really settled into the style I know him is doing. Like, I I know him. It's early, yeah. Yeah, the Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man stuff. And that feels very different from this, but it's good. It's good. It's just, uh, I feel like his his style has evolved for sure. Yeah, no, I think it feels fresh. Um, I don't know. Did, did either of you like this more than I did? I feel like it's very middle of the road, even though it has big ramifications, which of course is, you know, Odin dies and now Thor has the opportunity to step in as the ruler of Asgard, which it feels like a thing that like, it's like, surely this has happened. It's a little bit like Tony Stark's identity, you know? It's yeah. like, like, we've done this before, right? Um... I don't think we really have, at least not quite as committed. So I guess it's big I mean, <laughs> in, in that sense. I don't know if committed is the right word, but it's like it does take space to every page have a character saying Odin is dead and he's not coming back. Every page yeah. you have that. And it's like I even if I if even if I had started to believe you at, at first, like at the third page, I'd be like, okay, he's coming back in, in 20 mm-hmm. issues. Like, it's it's too much. They're hitting the points way too much. Um, I think... So, there's two things. The Thor as, like, superhero on Earths, I agree that it's really that interesting. I think the problem with it is, like, 
to do that, you need an interesting human cast. And Jake Olsen isn't that. Like, he's very much diet, uh, diet Don Blake. And yeah. uh, yeah. Don Blake is already diet, interesting character. Um, <laughs> it, uh, there's kind of nothing there. Except his relationship with Thorgirl. And like, so, Thorgirl is the whole thing. Thorgirl. <laughs> Let's talk about Thorgirl. Thorgirl we need made to. me laugh. Biggest so shock hard. of this entire read through for me was being like, wait, what? <laughs> Thorgirl. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Um, I mean, it, the weird thing is that later in the. In, in Thorgirl, like, you can kind of pick up the history of it. She's like the spirit of Asgard. She's called the. Um, it starts with a D. Um, the Designate. The Designate, yeah. And she's like an Asgardian god who's also, you know, like holds the power of the spirit of Asgardner or something. Yeah. Which is undone here. So we're reading kind of the end of this character being like the a new, you know, player in this uh, universe. But she reveals herself. Yes and as... no. She does. She does stick around a little bit in weird ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she gets her powers stripped away here. So she's not the designate anymore. She's just yes. poor girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which... Um, so funny but the weird thing is that dan jurgens is the one i was like i wonder who created this because at the end of this he's like making fun like one he you know undoes thorgirl's powers and then at later he's teasing and making fun of thorgirl's name like having yeah. a character be like that would be like naming my sister dale girl right like and it's like wait are you did you just get criticized for this a lot and you feel like you have to like you know be self-effacive about it it's it's extreme <laughs> Extremely dumb. I, I, I did read my... that as reaction to reader commentary. I don't yeah. know if that's what it was, yeah. but that's how I read it. But the weird thing is, like, the name is dumb. Like, the name is dumb, but I, I think the idea of of having Thor, like, Thor being on Earth and having to deal with, like, another person that walks the line between the Asgardian world and the human world, like, that's, I think, a an inter potentially interesting way of doing the Thor on Earth story because he's not alone and he's not alone with humans like there's someone else there he has to take care of that has to walk the line to and i think like on paper a character that is his guardian in nature but has to live on earth for some reason and thor has to help them do that i think that's an interesting story mm -hmm. and I, i'd be curious if like how that's done in the issues before what we read uh, but yeah the, the thor, thor girl name is is dumb but i don't think the idea behind the character necessarily is it's like thor really thor is a woman name. i don't i don't think that idea has got much legs i just i don't think that you can take that idea and go anywhere <laughs> with it so uh -huh. that's, that's <laughs> proven by thor girl listen i have listen i've got all the sales figures here for thor girl issues and just let me read them to you and i will tell you why marvel comics is dying circa 2001 i like uh we're now live streaming. Did you I know, just, about, uh, you know about Thor Girl, Dave, right? Before this? I had no I idea. didn't. So, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jane Foster, Thor, lover, great run, just in a movie, a lot of conversation about Why are you, you know, talking like a this? woman <laughs> as Thor. Because <laughs> I'm live streaming now to my to, to my angry uh, YouTube crowd. Um, no, no. Uh, but, uh, but a lot of conversation about this, and I had zero recollection of Thor Girl existing. <laughs> I think the main reason... I have no memory of this is because she uh, she originates from one of my least favorite Thanos stories I've ever read, which is like a Thorverse Thanos stories in the middle of this run um, uh, by Jurgens. Um, so it's like mm -hmm. Thor 22 to 25 ish. Uh, it's a Thorverse Thanos thing. I hate it. It's Jim Starlin immediately comes in and retcons it because it sucks. Um, it's a bad Thanos story. It might be a fine Thor story, but it's a bad Thanos story. And uh, and that's where she originates from. So anything that came out of that 
I just can't respect. That said, to Charlotte's points, the concept's not bad. It's a yeah. bit it's a bit Captain Marvel Billy Batson-ish, where you yeah. actually get a little Thor family going. Because usually, you know, when we get Thor as a human, the only people who show up from Asgard are Enchantress or Loki pretending to be someone else, right? Um, and trick him. You don't actually have, like, someone he can confide in. So that's not bad. You, We are, I mean, without spoiling anything, like, we're going to see the concept done in some more interesting yeah. ways, I think, in the coming years. Um, I had no idea this character had a legacy beyond this run, especially. I just looked up the wiki, and apparently Thor Girl is around for Civil War and interfere itself, and then maybe is just, like, flying in space right now and could come back anytime. <laughs> You're just reading the last <laughs> For, like, sentence. the last decade. Yeah, no, that's why I yeah. said I'm reading the wiki. I don't know. Yeah, She uh, left Earth for all. the stars is her last sentence, and that was, like, 2007. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Right. Can't wait for the next arc of Danny Cates' store to bring back a... So, which, honestly, I could see. No, I just... I want, I'm imagining somebody who's, like, look, look, I... Like, I don't have a problem with, like a female Thor, like when Jane Foster was popular, right? Like, I was a big fan of Thor Girl. I just think that this version of the character is, uh, you know, got a lot of problems. And, like, uh, being, a, being a Thor Girl fave. Uh, and that's Listen, me now. If you're, a Thor, if you're a Thor Girl stan, mm-hmm. you can say whatever you want regarding Jane, and we know it comes from a good place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, look, I uh, liked the Wasp back in those uh, Stan Lee... Uh, Avengers comics, right? Like, I'm not criticizing because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. She was so subservient and she was so kind to the men. I, just, I really loved her. Why can't Why can't she be more like that? Um. So, okay. The rest of these issues, though. I mean, do we have anything to say? Odin dies. Thor's grieving. Um, it's fine. These are these he's going to have to become the king of Asgard. Have, there's nothing in these comics that couldn't be in the Lee Ditko uh, run. Like this, yeah. This entire comic with in its aside, time, from, I mean, like, apart from the fact yeah, that the only you have access to those copies, just uh, wished into existence. Yeah, yeah. No, no Zach has a secret Lee stash. Kirby, yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Oh uh, man, if you stuff. if you uncovered some Lee Ditko Thor's, holy cow! Can you imagine how much those would be worth? Like forty, sixty dollars. Yeah, forty to sixty dollars. No, that's exactly 40, it. I just looked it up. Yep, <laughs> forty sixty. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's uh, it, it slots right in there. Right, like it's it's very beholden. It's super beholden to Kirby and its designs. It's like it's pulling in characters that are you know we meet a character here named Oracle, not spelled the way you'd think. And I was like, did Kirby create this? And I had to look it up, and uh, he did. So like he did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, it looks exact. I was like, are you just mimicking Kirby, or did you just pull a Kirby? Or design? is this actually Kirby? Yeah, oh, actually, that's funny. I didn't know. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. That guy's got a weird history. He's like some alien that keeps getting traded between the uh, the trolls and the Asgardians, like held prisoner. <laughs> like the Asgard, the trolls had him initially. The Asgardians had him later. Now the trolls have him again. <laughs> it's it's very strange. But yeah, Love th- it. this feels super sixties, seventies. Um, it's fine. Uh, Jurgen Jurgens has been doing Thor for a while. He's he's doing like a six year run. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's moving towards the end of it. Um, and then we are like we're moving into a weird era of like switching between different creators. You got Straczynski for a while, for a couple of years, and then Gillen. Well, that's that's way down the road. You're getting way ahead of yourself. Yeah, but that's after this, right? Like we've got Jurgens until Straczynski, then Gillen, then Fraction, um, and then eventually uh, the well, Jason Aaron, you're so. you're missing some I'm important not missing context a that I don't want to spoil. One person. 
at all. <laughs> you're not. You're not missing people. You're missing context. Well, well, I, don't I can't say any more than that, Zach. I wish I could. All right. Well, it's uh, it's that uh, Thor. It's not Thor. It's Thor girl is the new Thor for the next 10 years. Thor girl does take over for a three year run. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, Charlotte, any final thoughts on on these Odin issues? I mean, I don't know. Did anything stand out to you? Did you like them? Anything? I think the big problem that this these comics made me realize with the Odin stuff is that I think Thor comics have a problem where they they always follow the same structure of like where they end, which is with with a Ragnarok of sorts, like whether it's called Ragnarok or not, it's always like a big battle between the Asgardians and like generally Surtur or some other big uh, non-Asgardian, non, uh, non-godly but still Asgardian threat. Um, and like one big god dies, usually Odin. Like there's a very like structure that we haven't seen that many times yet, yeah. but that comes again and again and again and again in Thor comics. And like, I think it's like also a problem with the the comics and here Jorg- Jorgens being too beholden to to what has come before in the the world of of Thor and Asgard and not building on that. Uh, but yeah, I feel like there's oh, the same structure always comes back and the, I don't know, Thor needs something not necessarily completely different, but like to, to reinvent itself on some level. And I think it will come, but I don't know I don't know when it will come with the character of Thor, because I, I, I haven't read that much of the Straczynski run, but from what I know, it's still like playing in similar ideas for the most part, in similar places. I feel like, yeah, Thor is in big need of something new, more than maybe any other like Avengers character. Cause even, yeah. even Tony Stark and Tony they... They have more like wiggle room to to play with different stuff. Like, not all Captain America runs end in the same place, uh, like fighting the same villains in the same way. I feel like Thor does that a lot. Like, yeah, I'm I'm really I really need something new for for that character and that part of the which I like. Like, I like Thor comics. I like Thor. But yeah, I I really I really need something new, and I don't know if there's another another character slash series that is has been so much coded in the same ways again and again and again uh, and like have so so similar climaxes again and again um yeah i think that's the the death of odin and how how much they hit that nail made me made me realize that uh, in those issues yeah yeah i think you may be right i th- i do feel like the stuff that is coming is wrestling with that yeah in some interesting ways at least some of it um but i think you're kind of like big picture very big picture it is sort of like, well, how long before we do another Ragnarok cycle? Yeah. Um, which, because there, there aren't actually that many. Like, the Simonson one is huge, right? And, of course, Lee Kirby get to it. Um, and then you have it here. But those that's three times over the course of 40 years, you know? The so pro- it's like... Yeah, and the problem is, like, once you've done Ragnarok twice, it's no longer Ragnarok. Like, yeah. it's, it doesn't hold that weight anymore. And I feel like afterwards you need to do well, something it's, new. And it's I not going to happen. Odin and Suture, Surtur are dead. Sutures. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Suture. <laughs> Odin has sutures. Yep. <laughs> and um, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, they're dead. So I think I maybe that's from, like if it. you're going to do several Ragnaroks, you need to actually reinvent Asgard every time you do it because that's what Ragnarok is. It's like a new cycle of the Pantheon. Um, and like, I, there's not enough difference between Asgard pre-Ragnarok and post-Ragnarok every time. Because like, now here... Thor is comes to the grip comes to grips with the fact that he's gonna have to be king and replace Odin. 
how long that's gonna last and how much how different is that actually going to be i don't think it's gonna be that different yet at least not from what we see here and i think i think that's really disappointing like there there's there are fun like new stories to to be told with uh by switching up the the i don't know order of asgard and like who who is important each time like odin being dead would be an interesting power vacuum but it never feels that way i feel and like yeah that's that's disappointing. Yeah, so is I mean, King Thor interesting? Around. Yeah. Zach, is King Thor interesting to you? No. Uh-uh. I mean, it, it could be. It could be potentially, but like, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just like, oh, we just need a new character. We just need fresh characters. Like, it, it's just you know, you need someone with like an idea for a tone, right? Like, you need someone who, <laughs> like, good comic writers who can write something that's just not, you know, reheating the classics, right? Like jason aaron's gonna do in 2011 like that thor comic feels unlike anything even when he's referencing old stuff it feels unlike anything and it feels fresh and new and it's not just that it's like that's a great idea it's just that he's a great comic book writer who can you know uh create something new uh i guess yeah yeah yeah. so no king thor's it's good bad whatever I'm, i'm ambivalent about the idea it's not like the concept that same as like odin dying could be a great story could be a boring story this one's kind of in the middle I will I will put on paper that unless you count you have to count the Aaron run I guess in this list but as, apart from the Aaron run I don't think there are any good King Thor stories. Mm. Oh and that he's got a great King Thor story in there. I forgot about that. Yes. Yep. So that kind of ruins my mic drop. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz it's clearly very good. All right. Let's talk about our Patreon special Incredible Hulk number twenty four to number twenty five. What's that? Jakob. Jakob put this in the list. Jakob. See, I called him Jacob earlier. Apologies for the mispronunciation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you, Jakob, for your support and for recommending these issues. These were a fun inclusion. This is direct follow up to Abomination killing Betty Banner back at uh, the kind of end slash transition to between Peter David and Joe Casey on Hulk. Um, this is the follow up you've all been waiting for. Paul Jenkins and John Romita Jr. Zach, did you enjoy these issues? Did you uh-huh. care to see this follow up? I, uh, I honestly, I cared about it because of one weird detail that made it fun enough to read and exciting enough as a, like a fact of trivia to lodge into my brain uh, that I had a good time. And that's for whatever reason. I, I like, I'm not quite curious enough to go back and look, but. Emil Blonsky is hanging out in New Hampshire in a full body, <laughs> a full body cloak covering his yeah. entire body, head to toe, um, teaching creative writing for free on the weekends at a local library in New Hampshire. Um, that is so funny and so weird, and that it's like I'm glad we read these issues just for that. Did you know about this beforehand? I saw you like tweeting about it. It is my favorite detail of these issues. Yeah, um, sure. that is something that actually is built. Over the course of a few issues before this, in the Paul yeah, Jenkins I assume run. it didn't come out of nowhere, but yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not still a wild. The first it's a wild place it. to land. <laughs> I had seen it before. I don't remember it being as delightful. Um, and I also, I also was kind of surprised in the sense of like, I know Abomination is smarter than Hulk, but I don't think of the character as a creative writing expert (laughs) (laughs) yes so well here's the thing he's not really a creative writing expert because like his writers uh, the people in his class are like pitching these really 
bad generic ideas to him. And he's like, listen, we're not just regurgitating our favorite cop shows. You have to know love to write about love. You have to live and you have to experience things to write truth. And that's what we're here to do, write truth. For example, there once was a spy who was a patriot and he was sent on a mission. <laughs> and when he got You're there, like, he was trans. Emil, he was Emil there this is biography. But then, like, the story he tells is so cockamamie. He's like a spy who was transformed by the magic he went to steal. He turned into a monster. And then he fought another monster who was a magician. And then, like, turns and everyone's crying in the class. It's incredible. It's the most, like, bird-brained comic book story that doesn't make any sense. There's no emotional truth to it at all. (laughs) It's so funny. I do, like, I do really love the idea of every time they ask for an example... He does his own life story. <laughs> so they're like, I don't think this poem's working. He's like, have you tried two monsters fighting together? <laughs> like every You've piece of turning advice. it into a spy transformed by, transformed by magic in a foreign land. <laughs> so good. That that scene made this whole thing worth it. Um, it's unquestionably the best part it's really of these two issues. Part. Otherwise, uh, it's, it's kind of just delightful. like more... You know, I feel like we kind of saw this. I don't know. Like Maybe we didn't, but like it felt it felt so obvious as to be like maybe i've already read this but hulk you know uh, bruce banner finds out about betsy's body being in stasis and that somehow sends him into a rage where he's gonna go fight abomination uh, at the behest of general ross and captures abomination for ross and that's the that's the, the whole arc of it the, the only other thing that really stood out to me here is um john romina jr is kind of a hated artist um and for Did you say heated or hated hated uh i think people, oh he's people, acclaimed but there's a modern backlash for sure yeah yeah i guess that's true like i just see him being made fun of a lot and like oh looks like it's another john romita jr issue right like and now now there's issues. a lot of that yeah. yeah i've never understood it i've always been a huge fan uh this is the first time i was like okay i kind of see it like it, it, not to you know totally discredit the man's body of work it's great. And there's even great stuff in these two issues. There's a few panels here that are excellent and work really well. But there is a lot of stuff that the is The Hulk very, like, punches Abomination's head off? Yeah, it's... Like, like his, no, his face off, pardon me. Um, but it's not detailed enough to actually be gruesome. It's yeah, just weird looking. There's, there's a weird lack of detail in these. It feels a little rushed. Um, there's a few, like I said, a few pages really work. A few splash pages really hit. But then... Yeah. Besides that, a lot of it looks very... Scr- kind of like abomination's brain is hanging out Uh and that could be (laughs) kind of shocking or horrifying but yeah it's just kind of a blob yeah you never really feel how how hurt he is like it's just like a big big monster fight and he's invincible under the the goopy green skin yeah um but yeah i think it's it's not it's not doing really anything new with uh with hulk or, or like in anything that interesting and different i think it just really competence um and i don't know the like the relationship between bruce and and ross and him manipulating him into doing his bidding like that's something interesting that we never really see like we see him dealing with him like despite what he wants or like hunting him down but ross manipulating hulk hulk and his rage into doing his being like that's an interesting thing that i don't think we've really seen seen before um like i i like that's dimension to 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 their relationship and it's funny but like blonsky as the kind of poetic hulk like i think that's a good idea that's a that's a fun dynamic for the two of them uh even though like not that much is done with it and it's more funny than anything else i think 
there there are good ideas and it's a com- competently written comic, but yeah, it's not it's not groundbreaking or anything, and it's it's very much like we said at the beginning, very eighties, good eighties comics, but very eighties comics. I mean, yeah. the Abomination as the creative writing teacher, it's not actually played for comedy. It's yeah. played for no, pathos. No, and you know, like it is played us. as part of Jenkins' <laughs> overall plan to make Abomination to really drive empathy for Abomination and how he his wife you know, was was lost to him because he was transformed as monster and he blames Bruce Banner and, and all that. Like, it's it's meant to be... I mean, I don't know. Maybe they have a good sense of humor about it, but, like, I actually don't think it's written entirely for... Com- like, the way, like, if Zeb Wells was writing it, right? It'd be pure just comedy or something in, in today's comics. The other thing that I found interesting about these issues is... So I don't like Bruce Banner, right? I like Hulk comics often. I've never liked Bruce Banner. Um... And here, he actually gets a chance to lean into, like, being the vengeful, spiteful, mad little man that he is. And I think that's the most interesting version of Bruce. Like, he, I don't actually particularly love the mild-mannered scientist with a heart of gold. I kind of like it when it's like, no, Bruce is kind of awful in some ways. Um, he's really gone through a lot of trauma and experiences, and that has manifested... In this guy who has all these grudges and anger issues, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, like, he's more like the Hulk than he... He's not just the... He's not the Jekyll where he's the opposite of the Hulk. Like, he's actually a lot like the Hulk. Um, I like some, the Hulks. You know, that, the Hulks are almost trying to talk him down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Hulks are like, I think all right, that, Bruce, why don't... You're in a good place for now. You don't need to, <laughs> to go here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that dynamic. Because um, the way, you know, the way this ends is Bruce sets up his ultimate torture for abomination for killing betty you know he leaves him in a room with an endless loop of a video of blonsky's wife saying she loves him you know it is torture um how many other heroes in the marvel universe (laughs) walk out of a comic torturing their arch enemy yeah i mean that's straight out of like peter david right like when especially the mcfarland era yeah, he he took Hulk in some dark places and made him very you know, like very vengeful and very uh, sadistic towards his villains. Yeah. So. I just think that works. I think yeah. you can do that with Hulk yeah. in ways that like like if Punisher does that, it's just calling out whatever Punisher. Um, you can't really do that with a heck of a lot of other heroes. Like that's the sure. thing Magneto yeah. does to Red Skull. You know, that's great. Um, Hulk does it here to Abomination, and it's it's meant to feel. I think you're meant to feel a little skeeved out by it. You know, I don't know. I don't I don't end this issue being like, yeah, got what he deserved. It's kind of like, oh, that's, that's a little harsh. It's a little harsh on this nice creative writing teacher. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was just at the library. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's fine. I'm glad we read it. Well, it was fun and breezy. Thank you, Jakob. Thank you, Jakob. Good addition. All right. So next week is going to be or next episode. Part five is going to be the final part of 2001. It almost wasn't going to be. Because I realized, Zach, I realized recently we had talked about adding in Alias, Marvel Max mm-hmm. series written yeah. by Brian Michael Bendis, Michael Gatos, the origins of Jessica Jones, or the debut of Jessica Jones. Um, and I realized that debuts in 2001, and it's nowhere on the list. We're going to read that in 2003, and we're just going to recommend reading the whole shebang, even though that's not what is officially going to be on the list. Um, so FYI. If you're like, hey, they missed Jessica Jones. No, we didn't miss it. We're just going to cover it later. And if you're uh, like so, a little, if you've read too much Brian Michael Bendis lately, or just like you have too many comics, if you want to instead watch all five seasons of Alias uh, featuring Jennifer Garner, that <laughs> will be an appropriate substitute. I which will was do coming a, out 
at the exact same time. How many people bought the comic thinking that it was going to be an adaptation? Uh, how show? confusing. Seriously. I will happily, if it's streaming somewhere, I will happily do a Patreon special where we review oh, Alias. My mother show, would because immediately, I've never seen it. <laughs> my mother would immediately give us all the money we need to hit it because she's been trying to get me to watch Alias for years. And I'm like, I, saw, really? I watched a few episodes when it was on. I don't, it's not my kind of TV show. It's not my deal. Uh, but she, okay. she keeps insisting I'll love Alias. She's like, it's so dark. <laughs> it's so funny. Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> have I, have both of you read Alias? I haven't read comics? a single issue. I haven't read it either. Mm-mm. Okay. Read That'll one. be interesting then. It is not a Marvel yeah. Unlimited, which is, of course, one of the bigger hangouts. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, we I may, the- I mean, we'll have to talk about this when we get there, but so the challenge right now is we're either going to have to read a ton of it at the same time that we read Marvel 1602, or, which I Hell did not yeah. want to include, frankly, Hell but yeah. the, the club yeah. absolutely voted me down. I put that one to the, the My Marvelous Year Patreon. I said, do we need to do Marvel 1602 written by Neil Gaiman? And it was like 30 yes votes and just me voting no. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I was proven soundly wrong. I remember wrong. really liking it. You seemed down on it. I, I, read it I liked like 18, it fine. 19. I just have no interest in reading it again. It's I notable, is, if nothing else. Like, it's kind of it fun. Is notable. It'll be I mean, fun to talk game. about. Like, even if it's kind of mediocre to read, it'll be definitely fun to talk about. I think that's true. I think that's right. Um, but so we're going to have to decide. Do we want to do a full app on 1602? which is a full eight issues and then a full app on alias or do we want to try a mega app? So we'll have to see how things are feeling. 2003 yeah. could be an eight yeah, part be year. could lot. be a nine part yeah. year. It's going to be a big one. You, yeah. They're going to start being big years. Um, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, that's just kind of inevitable. I think uh, this in 2023, we should be covering 2001 through 2005 mm-hmm. at a minimum. Exciting. Yeah, which is pretty solid because then we're in position to to maybe finish the decade in 2024 and then, um, you know, and then the the world will, uh, you know, collapse in 2025 and we can just stop. Yeah, no, it'll be be Um, much easier. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm very interested. I mean, is it going to be a lot of work for you to, you know, like pick up the list starting in 2011? Like so far, you've just been taking a list and editing it as we go, but 2011 just, will be the first. Just year. been editing you'll have, it. You'll have <laughs> like to. It's child's play. Start actually earning your keep around here, you know. That's that's rich. That's rich. I built these walls. I built these walls, and he comes in and writes on them in crayon, and suddenly Sorry, they're his. Man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, 2011. Uh, it's not going to be that hard, but. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> so <laughs> I think um, when we get to that point, when I haven't written them out, I, I do think I will say to both of you, throw some faves in here. Um, and like, actually, I think the hard, so the hardest years that I haven't fully published or documented yet are going to be probably 2011 until like 2013 or 14, maybe. I, it, it might just then be after that you were actually. running Comic Book Herald and you were reading. Yeah, everything. yeah, because yeah. CBH starts in 2011, right? Yeah. So it's like every, like basically anything in the Marvel Now era, I've got guides and I've got things that I can just look up and be like, oh, okay, these are my favorite stories from this time. More crutches, you mean. <sighs> <laughs> I think you mean I've already done the work. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's published live. You can find it on comicbookherald.com. <laughs> so 2011 might literally be the only year where that's kind of a gap, hmm. I think. Which is to well, say, just keep I've been crushing it for a long time. Uh, act like nothing happened. Yeah, maybe we just skip that year. <laughs> just skip an entire year. I'm sure the. Do readers, we? We haven't skipped a year yet. That could be fun. Yeah, people would yeah, like let's that. Let's just try. 
Yeah. All right, let's um, wrap I mean, it up. That's the year of fear Dave. itself. <laughs> God. Okay. Please. It's go a transition on. year. Yes. You know. Uh-huh. What, what What were your favorite memories of 2011? Charlotte, you start. Oof, I was 11. I don't remember anything from 2011. <laughs> okay. No memories. No memories. Zach. Um, I I think I graduated college. Maybe. Okay. Congrats. Like, I don't know if that's true. Well done. I have no idea what year I graduated. Somewhere around there. Something. You were it You was were graduating college. When Give Charlotte was 11. You ever think about that? I mean, no, I was older. I, was the, I don't know. Who knows? You're old enough to be her dad. Yes. We have established that not only am I old that enough. That is part of the MMY canon. Yeah. It, it's, it's canon that there's, I'd say like a 10% chance that I'm your dad. I do love saying that now about like relationships, you know? Like if somebody's like, oh, like he's six years older than her. And it's like, oh, he's old enough to be her father. <laughs> like, really we'll, leave that, uh, we'll leave that to a future writer to retcon. Uh, That's true. Be. That's a good point. Okay. I think we're good. Yeah? I'm just putting a marker here. Erase all of this. <laughs> okay, please, let's stop this episode. <laughs> please, God. I think, we can, I think we can do more about our graduation dates. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, you can find the shows or the episodes listed in the show notes. Or you can back us at patreon.com slash year. Music for the show is by Disasterpiece. I'm Dave. At Comic Book Herald, find my marvelous year at my marvelous year. Charlotte, Zach, Dave. See you next year. See you next year. See you next year. See you next year.